Hey, welcome to Time Limit, a podcast all about project management, leadership, and productivity. This is your host, Brett Harned. I'm the Director of Education at Team Gantt. So I'm recording this episode in October of 2020, and the topic of this episode is empathy and communications, and it feels really relevant right now for a lot of reasons that I'm sure you can gather on your own. My guest is Sharon Steed, who so happens to be an empathy consultant. She brings a ton of personal experience to the table, and it immediately draws you in to want to learn more. If you're not familiar with the topic or what empathy consultants do, no worries. You'll get that info straight from Sharon in the interview right at the beginning. Then we'll dig into how to practice empathy as a project manager, how to instill empathy in others, and even how culture and inclusion can start with you. It's pretty exciting. Check it out. Hey, Sharon, thanks so much for joining me on Time Limit. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Brett? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. I'm really excited to have you here to talk about a topic that I think really impacts a lot of us in business, no matter where you work, um, no matter kind of the projects that you're working on, or even the role that you're in, and that's empathy, uh, which I, so I've met you through the Digital PM Summit where you, and the Bureau of Digital, where you've come and given some really impactful talks on this topic. So I think if folks want to check out those videos, they can probably find them. And we'll also share some resources about you and, and your work uh, in, in the show notes as well. But let's dig in. I feel like I kind of like to start topics or conversations like this at the super high level top, just to kind of give people an overview of what we're going to talk about. So can I start with like, just a definition of empathy? Like, how do you personally talk about empathy and what it is? So um, all of my talks, I try to focus on just the really basic sort of like, you know, here's what, you know, empathy is. But um, I come at it from the perspective of a person who stutters and so as a result of that, I focus on um, communication as a way to really engage in empathy actions. And so um, if you look in the dictionary, um, it's defined as the you know ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. And so, you know, I always say that like, you know, yeah, like it's a fine definition and, you know, it does sort of explain what empathy is. However, it doesn't really um, describe, you know, how one should approach it, right? And so Mm -hmm. I I say that, you know, empathy as a noun is an idea um, and it is in... tangible. But empathy as a verb is a choice. And um, how you choose to, you know, engage in empathy is going to change from person to person based on, um, you know, each individual's desires and needs. 
Yeah. I thank you for that. I, I always think it's nice to hear from someone else kind of in their own words, what something is the kind of level set conversation. And I like the way that you broke it down from being kind of a noun versus a verb. Uh, it's really interesting to me. Um, really good way to put it. So I asked that because your job, so in your role, you're an empathy consultant. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what led you to your work and then what does your work look like? Um, like what's involved in, in being an empathy consultant? Yeah, um, um, it's actually just kind of fascinating because it's a thing that I didn't set out to do. Um, I began my career as a writer because I was always really concerned about having to like physically talk to people. And so I was like, okay, well, like, I don't want to talk to people, so I'll be a writer and I won't have to talk to people. And it turns out that like, as a writer, you spend like 75% of your time actually talking to people. And so I was even more so obsessed with just like language and communication than I had been previously. And so, you know, I had sort of come to this point where I was so just like terrified to just like talk to people that I knew that I had to sort of overcome this fear. And so um, I decided to just give a couple of talks on stuttering and personal branding and, you know, like those kinds of things. And in my very, very um, (laughs) ill-informed way, I thought that, you know, I'm going to give a couple of talks and I'll be cured of this fear of talking (laughs) and I can go and live my life as a writer. And that's, that's obviously, you know, like not what happened at all. And so, you know, as I was giving these talks, um, people just sort of kept coming up to me and saying like, hey, like I really appreciated, you know, you talking about empathy because I think it's, you know, a topic that people, um, that we just as a society, like we, you know, like have to learn, you know, how to, you know, have empathy for other people. And so, you know, over time, um, I sort of developed this uh, hypothesis of, you know, the best way to, you know, engage empathy is through communication. Um, And so as a person who stutters, I sort of use my speech impediment to, you know, teach people, you know, one, like what empathy is and um, the ways that we can really engage empathy. And then, excuse me, I have a little bit of cold. And then two, you know, that communication and communicating you know, it's going to be a little bit different for every single person. And if you are uncomfortable or, you know, insecure in the way you communicate, that's okay. Um, I think that people should still try to, you know, speak up and just this, you know, the, the, you know, process of trying to communicate effectively 
and uh, connect with other people is going to be much better than, you know, taking yourself out of the conversation completely. And so like, that's what I really do um, in my consulting practice. You know, I give a lot of talks that range from 20 minutes to, you know, 60 minutes. And I talk about these sort of bigger ideas around um, communication, empathy, and, um, you know, things like uh, um, insecurity, vulnerability. And then um, in the proper, like, consulting practice, I facilitate workshops that are really just conversations um, focused on, you know, people sort of tapping into their own personal experiences um, in their personal lives uh, to be better communicators and collaborators and to create a lot more inclusive cultures on their teams. Yeah, that's great. I, I think what you do in so many ways takes so much courage and it's uh, it's almost like you've tapped into this part of your life and the experiences that you can draw on to help to teach people to be empathetic, to, to practice empathy within their communications and even just kind of like within their beings day to day. Like part of me feels like a lot of folks drop that part of their personality. Like I do believe everyone in some way has a heart, right? And and there is empathy deep down in everyone, but people get so mired in the day-to-day and the stress of work and life that sometimes empathy is something that they don't practice. So I think like you coming to the table, bringing that experience and making people think about it just feels so valuable to me. I'm sure that the response you've gotten has been positive. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that um, it's more than just about like having people think about things in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think that just as a result of my personal story, you know, with stuttering and, 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 you know, me like being on stage or, you know, now on camera and stuttering, it really makes people feel things that they don't always tap into mm-hmm. in that professional setting. I mean, I think that um, a part of the reason why my talks, you know, can be very impactful is because I do make people really uncomfortable. And then it's in that, you know, like discomfort that they then begin to think about, oh, like I could be doing something differently or, you know, like I have this um, insecurity and it really is, you know, tampering my personality or my productivity and um, I can really figure out uh, the ways to sort of use all of themselves, you know, in in their professional lives. You know, I'm a firm believer that our weaknesses don't 
Um, well, they don't, you know, have to keep us from, you know, doing great things. Like they can actually assist us in, you know, creating cool products or just being better people on a global sense. Right. Absolutely. So I'm curious, um, in your work, when, when you are working within organizations or even teams, what kind of issues are, are folks facing that you're kind of helping them through or, or what kinds of challenges might exist? I think that a lot of people, they don't always consider that, you know, they are, they are, um, entire she, 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 human beings and their coworkers are, you know, like also entire she, 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 human beings, right? And so, like, they come to work and they have all of these other things going on in their, you know, like existence as people, and they're trying to sort of. Um, push all of those other things away and just focus on work. Mm-hmm. But the problem there is that, you know, all of those other things that are going on are affecting you. Uh, some of them in positive ways, others in, you know, negative ways. But the really important thing that I'm trying to sort of a lot of people is that all of those things are going to give you perspective. And so my whole goal is to get um, uh, teams to see their coworkers as full people who have, you know, like experiences that can give uh, the team and the company perspective in order to, um, you know, be more productive, be more collaborative and create better products and experiences for the company's customers, consumers, clients. Yeah, absolutely. So do you, is it kind of like, um, you know, recognizing that everyone brings some level of baggage to the table and, just recognizing the fact that that's there and embracing it more so than just ignoring it or trying to sweep it under the rug, so to speak. Oh yeah. I mean, um, we, we, you know, have a tendency to be like, I'm tough. I'm good. Here's all the things that I'm really, 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 really good at. And, and, um, my favorite one is like my greatest weakness is that I sometimes work too hard and it's like (laughs) those kinds of things, but like, it's okay to sort of amplify the things that you struggle with because you know it is going to help you connect on a deeper level with both you know the people inside of the office as well as your customers and consumers because if you are going through something hard you know other people are probably um you know like having that same kind of experiences and they're still, you know, um, 
engaging in your product, engaging in your service. And so, yeah, I mean, the goal is to really to get people to to you know see their um, um, insecurities and vulnerabilities as assets, and to you know do the same thing with their coworkers as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm curious. I've had this kind of theory kind of swimming around in my brain for like the past year. And I just had a conversation with a coworker about it this morning. And okay. it's this idea of being professional and what professional actually means now to people. Um, I've got this thought that, you know, in, in olden days, <laughs> days of yore, professional meant something entirely different than what it meant, means now. Yeah. Um, I think that for all intents and purposes, folks like us who kind of are, were kind of, our careers were born in the digital industry, the, the sense of being professional is far different than a lot of other industries. And I think that we've kind of started to lead change in, in that respect, in that, you know, People are not expected to wear suits. People wear jeans and t-shirts. People, for better or worse, use curse words in, you know, in public and in meetings and um, like things that some formal folks would think, oh man, this is so unprofessional. Um, But there are people in the industry that you kind of look up to because of that. And I do have this sense too that, there is empathy within that kind of newer definition of of professionalism. Would you agree with that? I think so. And I mean, I think people are just tired of this whole idea of like cookie cutter professionalism because it only really um, encompasses like one kind of person. And this world is made up of so many different kinds of people that come from a lot of different backgrounds. I mean, I know that, you know, like as a black person, um, I would go on these job interviews and people would be like, so are you going to like straighten your hair or are you going to leave it like that? And it's like, but this is how I look. This is my hair. And, and um, it's just this, this, this whole thing about like only you know one thing can be professional and i don't know i mean i think that we just need to like redefine what professional is because especially now i mean i'll be on calls or whatever and people's kids will be like playing in the background or the dog is parking or um I was actually giving a talk um a couple of days ago and um I was at my parents house and my uh mom came like into the room as I was recording and I'm like this is my mom and like all the people in the chat were like hi mom and I'm like you know this is what it is now. And um, I think that people are just tired of, of, of this, you know, very unattainable um, person who is, you know, like always on and, and has the quote unquote right things all of the time. And so, yeah, I mean, like, I think that we're just like um, in a new K and age where professional is, 
any person or situation who can just get things done. Right. And it doesn't matter, you know, like where you, 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 you are or what's going on in the background. Yep. I think that's exciting. I got, and and you made such a good point. Like I think the current situation with uh, everyone, uh, not everyone, but many people having to work from home, knowledge workers specifically working from home. I think Mm -hmm. people are more patient and it's almost like that empathy is just creeping in. And I hope that we hang on to it when things do get back to normal. So who knows? (laughs) I know, right? You never know. I want to kind of move back into kind of your work. And and we were kind of talking about, um, you know, empathy on the individual level and kind of building that. And part of me feels like there's some organizational level to this that's really important that almost maybe mandates is, is a bad word, but at least like sets a tone. So I'm wondering if there are any like, core values or practices that organizations or or even teams should hold or think about or act on in order to make sure that they are building an atmosphere that is empathetic? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just transparency. Um, And this kind of goes back to the professionalism thing, like Mm -hmm. you being, you know, like on and perfect all of the time isn't helping anybody, um, especially people in charge. I know that um, Satya Nadella from Microsoft, his son um, um, turned out to be disabled. And he was talking about like, well, as a result of like experiencing this child, that has a disability, you know, I'm able to better um, empathize with the people on like my teams, as well as in my organizations. And there was a time when um, people who were, you know, CEOs of corporations just don't um, talk about their personal lives. I mean, um, so transparency, it, 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 it gives people the sense that you are a person who, you know, like has an entire, um, existence beyond like just being your job title. Right. And so that's the first thing that I like to tell people is to just, you know, like be honest and be, um, as uh, 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 open as you can about, you know, the experiences that you have in your life. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. It's funny, transparency and honesty is one of the things that I always teach or at least mention when I'm talking about project management uh, <laughs> because it's one of those jobs where, you know, the the whole world is coming at you, right? Like you've got oh, yeah. got clients and stakeholders and team members coming at you with different things. You've got a scope and a timeline. You're looking out for issues and risks. And sometimes it gets overwhelming and, you know, an issue pops up and you kind of just want to sweep it under the rug because, you know, it, it's going to throw everything off and it's going to cause problems. But if you do that, it's just going to make things worse, right? right. So I feel like PMs are, are in this position 
where empathy is so important, um, not only in that vein of kind of like honesty and transparency, but also just recognizing that like you're managing a team, like you mentioned before, who are all different types of communicators who are all doing different types of work, have different types of professional and personal goals, and you're wrangling them together to try to get one thing done. And, and, and it could take you know 10 to 20 people to do that one thing. I think the one place where PMs really struggle with empathy is in this idea of always needing to know what's happening on your projects, which makes sense, right? Like that is a part of project management. Got to right. have your like your finger in, on the pulse. But mm-hmm. you know, there's this thing that we do that's basically like a stop and chat or a follow up or a check in, right? That this thing where like you're kind of just wandering around the office, or maybe you're checking in on Slack and just seeing how someone's doing, where they are with their progress, and. Unfortunately, it's something that we have to do, but it can also cause a strain on that like project manager to team member relationship. So I'm wondering, you know, from someone who who really has empathy top of mind and practices, what's your advice to those project managers who do need to get those check-ins, but they maybe are met with, you know, an annoyed team member or someone who's not happy and just, just doesn't like want that person around, but like, how can you be good about tracking work and following up on things and more of an empathetic approach? So um, I like to talk about these uh, sort of, you know, key empathy behaviors and, you know, like these aren't going to be things that are, it's like only these three things, but like all of the behaviors that, you know, are going to, you know, push forward, empathy are kind of sort of fall into um, a few different categories. And so the first one I talk about is patience. And the second one I talk about is perspective. And I think that as um, PMs, I think that it's important to, you know, (laughs) I know this is going to sound, you know, very counterproductive, but to just have a little bit of patience, you know, everybody is having a hard time keeping up with everything that's going on. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you are in ch- ch- charge of all of the aspects of the project, but like every single person on the project has their own, you know, sort of role and task. And so, if you just have patience with people, then they're probably going to also give you a little bit of patience back. And um, I guess for um, PMs, you know, a good way to have patience is to say, um, you know, how can I help you get this completed? And there's a way to say things where it's like, okay, so how can I help you get this done faster? No, no, no. It's okay. I'm coming from a sincere place. How can I help? Um, Is there anything that I can do to, you know, hit you to succeed? Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, in terms of perspective, you know, you always want to remind yourself that like you don't have context on every single thing that's going on in this person's um experience of life and so 
you know, just, just always keep that in the back of your mind. Like, you know, it could be going through something very challenging, um, you know, at home or, you know, have another project that they're working on, like that is taking up a lot of their time. And so, you know, just sort of going back to the, um, how can I help question, you know, like that, um, you know, can open the door to have a more sincere conversation about, you know, the things that this other person is going through and, you know, why things are probably taking a little bit longer than they quote unquote should be. And as a result of that conversation, this other person is going to feel like you actually care about them and that you, you know, want to see them succeed and not just hit the project done. Right. You said a couple things there that really resonated for me. And the first is being genuine, right? And you want to, you want that other person to know that you care. So f- first of all, you have to care, right? Yes. You, you have to be the person who isn't Very just looking that. for that update, right? Like you yeah. have to be genuine in that. And, and if you're not, I think people see through that immediately. They do. Absolutely. The other thing is around context. And I'm interested in, in your opinion on this because, um, you know, a lot of times you will not have the context. And uh, part of me feels like you don't necessarily deserve that context. And that's part of what being empathetic is, right? Is like knowing that there there is context, but you don't necessarily have the right to know all about the ins and outs and the details of why someone is behaving a certain way. Um, do you agree with that? Am I thinking exactly. about that the right way? No, okay. no, I mean, I feel that, you know, people are going to share what they just do inadvertently and then they're going to share the things that they choose to share beyond that it really isn't your business and so what you you know have to sort of um get comfortable in is that you don't know um all the things that you don't know and you just kind of have to leave it at that and i think that that also just goes back to trust and trusting that you know, like this person is doing the best that they can and that they aren't intentionally just trying to, you know, just not complete things on time. There's just a lot of other things going on in their life and you have to trust that they are, um, you know, going in the direction that everybody else on the project is going. Right. Yeah. Trust is so important. Um, we're, we're hitting on so many themes within project management. This is kind of interesting. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious um, from your point of view as an empathy consultant, like how do you, you instill empathy in leaders where, when it feels like they're lacking? So I feel like uh, leadership is inherently and empathetic task. And so the good leaders are going to know that and they're going to embrace that. The bad leaders are just going to completely um, overlook that. 
because if you look at what a leader you know is like they are a service person like they're you know they are uh quote unquote in charge of the team but their job is to make sure that you know every single person on the team has all of the tools that they need in mm-hmm. order to get things done. And so they are of service to their team. They have been their team, you know, to the, uh, 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 to, you know, those outside of the team and they sort of keep, you know, things together inside of the team. Mm -hmm. And so leadership is just so, okay. The good leaders, again, are going to get that. The bad leaders, I think, are, you know, only going to look at like, well, I'm in charge and you have to do the things that I say. Well, that it's still a team and all of you are there to work together in a very collaborative format. And so if you as a leader sort of take yourself outside of that team, you know, framework, then you aren't, you know, really assisting people mm-hmm. who are separating yourself. And so I think that the things that you want to, you know, tell um, those kind of leaders to do is to sort of come back into the circle here and, you know, have sincere conversations with, you know, the people on your team. So they can tell you, you know, these are the things that, you know, I need in order to feel, you know, supported here. Because I mean, like, that's your job is to support them into doing their job, right? Right. So, you know, some transparency in those conversations is going to be helpful. And I mean, some of the most um, impactful leaders that I have seen have said like, hey, like, there are certain things about being a leader that, you know, I am insecure with or that I struggle with. And so, you know, I need to work on these things. Can you sort of tell me the things I'm doing well, as well as the things I'm doing, you know, like not so well. It's almost like a personal uh three sixty evaluation, just like on your own time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's almost like we we kind of we all have to work on ourselves actively in order to, to kind of give our best selves at work. Um, yeah. which you know, is not a, sh- a shocking finding for anyone, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's just like one of those things that you kind of forget for whatever reason until you're in that moment and you're like, wow, this is not great. Um, well, and then I think it's hard to take yourself, like to, because, you know, we as people on teams, we all have tons of other things that we have to do. And so if you are, you know, in charge, you have to add on all of that other stuff. And so it's hard to sort of take a step back and be like, oh, wow, like, 
I'm not doing this one part of my job well, and I may not feel that I have enough time to really improve upon it. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So we're coming up on time. I, I feel like I could talk for another hour about this. So interesting <laughs> to me. Um, communications really kind of feels like my sweet spot and, and empathy is such a huge part of that. Um, the, the last question I usually ask guests on the show is related to the theme of time limit. You know, this idea that we're all managing work and teams and projects under constraints. Um, so I usually ask for some recommendations, but I feel like practicing empathy, there should be no constraints when it comes to time or budgets, and, unless you're like looking to formally work with someone like you, right? Right. But uh, to me, I think the question here is like, how, if I'm working in an organization that isn't prioritizing empathy as a value, like, how do I do the right thing when maybe that, that organization doesn't formally support me? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. And in my um, consulting practice, I've been really, really, really privileged to, you know, work with companies that really prioritize it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's actually really funny how that works. Like I get contacted by the companies that like don't actually, you know, have to have a person like me. (laughs) And I never hear from the ones that like desperately, desperately need it. Right. But um a thing that you know I like to tell people is that you know culture and inclusion, you know, can begin with you. Like it only takes one person to you know, make a shift in an entire team's culture. And so um, as a communications sort of swayed person, I'm always going to say that the first thing that you can do is just reevaluate how you approach conversations. And um, I say that, um, you know, speaking is where we sort of put all of our um, energy uh, in conversations, but um, people should focus on, you know, having hosts speaking as well as listening could be um, incredibly active parts of conversations. And so it makes a really big difference when people can tell that you're actually paying attention to them mm-hmm. and to the things that they're saying and to the things that they're feeling. And it really does us begin with that. Uh, that's why patience is so um, important. Um a thing that um, I tell people is um, just the simple um, behavior of repeating what people said to you back to them is going to make a really big difference in how this other person feels and thinks in this conversation. You know, I think that we kind of rush through conversations incredibly quickly. And we don't always consider that um, there are a couple of different goals here. One is to, you know, um, 
achieve the very specific sort of task um, of the conversation. And two is to continue to build upon the relationship that you already have with this person. Um, Every conversation is going to lay the groundwork for the next conversation. And so just put um, a little bit more emphasis on just paying attention to, you know, what other people are saying. And I think that it can have, or, I mean, I've seen that it can have a very profound impact on the way people just communicate with each other and um, the whole environment of the team. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I just think of it as like, as someone who is slightly introverted, when I work with or meet someone who is warm and welcoming and engaging Mm -hmm. and does some of the things that you, you mentioned in terms of like practices within communicating, I immediately kind of like come out of my shell and transform a little bit and, and become more comfortable. And I have to think that that happens when someone intentionally focuses on the way that they're kind of putting themselves out there. And it just tends to kind of build a, a better culture overall. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really interesting. I'm, I'm so fascinated by the work that you do, and I hope people look more into your work and your talks because it's really good stuff. So again, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. All right. So that was your primer on empathy and project management. Remember, being transparent and genuine will help you to build trust. And recognizing that others bring non-work baggage to the table and the fact that you don't know if that baggage even exists or not is something that you may never know. That's why empathy is important and helps you to build better relationships with your team members, your coworkers, and anyone else in your life. So thanks again for checking out Time Limit. Visit teamgantcom slash podcast to view the full show notes along with Sharon Steve's bio and links. And please give the show a like and subscribe so we can keep delivering great interviews like this one wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, check out teamgantcom for a well-designed, easy-to-use project planning and management software that can help you complete any project on time with the help and collaboration of your team. I'll see you on the next episode.